Hello, and welcome to the Told You So podcast. I'm Brink. And I'm Carla. And today we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, so sort of spurred off of uh, Carla's uh, mild meandering into David Icky territory <laughs> in the last episode. No, that didn't actually happen. But we were talking about 9-11, and we were, we were discussing how there's you know a number of people that don't believe the official story. And uh, thought that this might be a fun opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the other uh, government conspiracies that are uh, real or imagined, uh, and at the very least entertaining, and at the very most chilling and terrifying and actually happened. And yeah, and a shocking, surprising amount of them actually have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Or have they? It's a I mean, double reverse conspiracy. Right. Yes. I mean, so there's there's a bunch of different categories of these things. And usually, uh, oh, gee, yeah, Richard Hofstetter is the historian who wrote uh, The Paranoid Mode of American Politics, I think it's called, um, which is kind of the seminal piece written, written in the late 60s uh, about this uh, American mode of viewing the world where uh, it's likely that shadowy forces are really in control and pulling in the strings and that people don't have – uh, the democratic power that they supposedly have. Um, now, I mean, I would say that uh, also uh, Jesse Walker from Reason Magazine wrote another uh, great book. Uh, I think it was called Paranoia. Anyway, I, gosh, I can't remember. But um, it was about uh, this topic again, but uh, how it's not really from the bottom up only, how the powerful also have their own conspiracy theories from the top down, uh, some of which are ridiculous and silly and, and show themselves in moral panics. Like, for example... Uh, you know, the Rainbow Parties thing. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Oh, it was that <clears throat> in the 90s, the kids, the kids are having these parties and they wear bracelets oh, with different yeah, colors on them. Okay, yes. And each one means a different sexual act. And as they remove the little color bracelets, they do more sex. They're just doing the teens. And, and this was like taken very seriously and reported in the media in multiple places. Well, but do, do, don't you think that there's every decade kind of has the crazy mass hysteria media stories, which I feel actually in some ways are different to conspiracy theories. Mm. Like for me, a conspiracy theory is something that sort of has legs. It's around. It seems like it's colored a little bit in sort of history. Like I would put a lot of those like the rainbow parties or the um. satanistic children, you know, or the diddling um, wait, wait, child. Wait. It's, it's the child care workers, not yes. the children who are satanic. <laughs> uh, there we go. But the diddling Gosh, child the children care out of people, this. right? Um, you know, there, there, it seems like there, we could find sort of thematically every decade we could probably come up with something and say that's more like a hysterical media story. Like for a conspiracy, I mean, or would well, you but, say but that's, you would I, I think, think that those are conspiracy, conspiracy theories. It's that there's, there's a um, – I mean, there's an intimation. Do you think we should define our term? Well, perhaps. <laughs> and I, also it's useful to mention that the, the very term conspiracy theory was uh, – in, in its current coinage, uh, invented by the CIA uh, after the Kennedy assassination. There's uh, memos that have been uh, declassified that show uh, basically the CIA uh, directed their assets to call people who had questions about their explanation for the Kennedy assassination, conspiracy theorists. And they've pretty much used that playbook uh, <laughs> yes. solidly since the 60s, right? right? If you like have that a question is... about this, you're crazy. And, and honestly, I mean, I think we're kind of at the stage where it's like, does it even matter anymore? Because everyone has a weird theory about something. Right. I think we're in information overload where, like, we're, are we in a post-truth era, Link? <laughs> I... I don't know what that. I keep hearing the term post-truth, and I'm not I sure know. what it means. I know. I don't know what I, it means either. It must I guess be that's a part of that's theory. that's what the term <laughs> maybe is built for is to confuse you. Um, no, but I, I, everybody. Yes, there's the uh, what is the old aphorism? Uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but they're not entitled to their own facts. Um, yeah, the revolution like of truthiness. Well, right, right, and like the the revolution of uh, of like lived experience as reality means that there are in fact different facts because people experience things differently. They experience the same like objective stimuli differently. So, but but aren't facts things like this happened on this day, and so we're arguing about what the this is? But we can at a minimum agree it happened on let's say nine eleven. I think I think yes, but there are those who. March towards solipsism oh, and say no. Oh, because time is linear <laughs> and that's racist. Well, of course. Um, 
no, <laughs> to explain that, there was uh, an article. Uh, I forget who it was by. God, I, I feel like I'm saying that a lot right now. Well, um, Brick, it was, Brick it was by sends a... me really interesting articles to read <laughs> for these shows, guys. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I will just tell you. I think it was by a, a NYU academic, uh, you know, a, a gender studies professor, I believe, or something uh, like that. I don't think it was NYU. It was like a Princeton or a Ye- – like it was some it was very Ivy-ish Ivy school, I anyway, feel. I'll, Rutgers? I'll... Rutgers? Is that a thing? Mm. That wouldn't be an ivy, but yes, it is a thing. Um, <laughs> it's not an ivy. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll look it up and put it in the show description. Point, point being, um, it was about how uh, the concept of linear time is basically a Western construction. Uh, you know, the idea of like the Julian calendar and universal. You know what's also a Western construction brink? The aqueduct. <laughs> Adrian's wall. It was built by Western people. No, but I mean, no, but that's, that's not... <laughs> That's a literal Western construction. No, but as a, as a framing device. And actually, it, speaking of conspiracy theories, or, <coughs> excuse me, um, one of my favorites is that we're all still living in the conspiracy of, uh, we're in you the know, matrix. Uh, no, no, of of, a, of like a, a Roman emperor and and some monks. Ooh, you know? because we're sort of uh, we're on d- the Julian the code sort of level conspiracies. Well, no, just to, or... like think about your worldview. Like we live in the Julian calendar, like we or, or Augustine calendar. Oh gosh, uh, one of those Do two. we? Because I'm not sure time's linear for no, but, either of I us mean, right the, the, now. Right, <laughs> the the twelve months. You know, the idea of twelve months. They have these names, and there are these you know x number of days in each month. Like that's a that's a construction for the experience of time that was invented. 2,000 years ago, and we're all still living in that reality hallucination of the person that codified the calendar in some ways. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but like you, you could, well, you could see, experience... But, but like I th- guess the question then is if you write things down and people accept it as fact, right, is, isn't that by its very nature, isn't by the nature of it, its adoption and its writing down then make it real? Not necessarily, because you can write down stuff that's fake. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. But no, but anyway, so the so the the idea is that this this construction of time as a as a linear and, and there's another there's an element of a uh, like Christian theology built into it and uh you know, all of the religions of the book, the the Abrahamic religions have an end point where every it all ends. There's a there's a, you know, a Messiah shows up and everything changes or um, Bible Ragnarok happens in Revelation, <laughs> or I forget how it goes in Islam. Anyway, uh, the Mahdi shows up and everything changes. Anyway, um, but so all of those religions which form the worldview of like Western uh, thought uh, at a very basic level have this this view of history where you're progressing towards something. Now there's other traditions where, for example, uh, I think like the Mayan calendar, if I remember correctly, is cyclical. It's not... Well, um, didn't it end in 2012 or something? Well, right. But in the, in the same way that the you know Julian calendar ends in December of every year, it ended and then there's a new one. You know, there's just a new... It turns over because it's cyclical. Uh, but it, uh, this is more about the, the view of time rather than the actual calendar. Um, so, like, the, the in other cultures, you know, time is seen as different, like, epics that spiral in with one another or... Uh, there's not the tele- the teleology, the sense that we're moving together in time towards an endpoint. Um, so, because of that, people that aren't from Western cultures won't necessarily feel that same sense of time constraint, and we're running out of time. You know, if there's an if time is cyclical, there you can't run out of time. The universe continues and it just rolls on. Uh, if time has an endpoint in the future, then wasting a second uh, matters. So. All of this heady academic talk, the point of it was the lady being like, and sometimes people are late for things, and saying that they're they're not allowed to be late is racist because maybe they came from a culture where time is cyclical, and so a couple minutes doesn't matter all that much. And when you say it that way, it's like, oh, that's kind of a dumb argument. Like we can all get on the same page here, and well, just think about <laughs> the you know meeting the, on time. The fact that we can't even agree on these sort of basics, right? I mean, I do think for the most part the world does sort of agree on how time works. Now we all are using yeah. worldwide for the most part the same calendar, right? Which is but just how an imperialist hard was it just outrage to figure that out, right? So like a weird theory that's bubbled up recently for me, where I was just like gobsmacked, is flat Earth. 
Mm. Right? So flat earthers are That would are be like a quite, hell of a conspiracy if that was being kept under wraps. Quite, quite serious. Like, I actually went and watched a documentary because I was like, what yeah. are these people about, right? <laughs> and they believe the world is flat, that we basically live in this Truman-like you know, thing with a dome and right. that we are being, every time we're in an airplane or any photos from space or anything, like all of that is being mass manufactured. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, these must be like, just like, you know, wow, that's a little out there. And they have all these different arguments where it's like internally consistent arguments that don't, <laughs> if you take them in the context of the world, they don't make sense. But if you keep them siloed, like for example, there's one that they use about, uh, pictures of lighthouses or like where you can see lighthouses from on the ocean. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're because like, of curvature. Issues. Right. And they're like, yes. Oh, if the earth was curved, you couldn't see that lighthouse. And you know, they have these elaborate like pictures with triangles drawn on them. And, well, in this, in this particular <laughs> documentary, it was actually kind of sad because they did do this curvature experiment, which involved, you know, two pieces of wood on various ends with a hole drilled through, and then they were going to shine a laser light. And if the world was flat, the lasers would meet. And if they wasn't, then it would right, prove there was curvature. There was curve, yeah. and, and then, I mean, it kind of proves, uh, you know, the world's round. And they're all just kind of like, nope, there's something wrong with the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to check our equipment and do this again. You know, so, uh, yeah, that was certainly a weird one. What's your favorite current uh, conspiracy theory du jour? Well, it's not du jour. I mean, my favorite overall, and this is going to make me sound like such a weirdo, but the... It's the it's the Alex Jones, David Icke, like fully out there. Um, not only are <laughs> all the ruling classes, you know, from these satanic warlock bloodlines that eat children, Ooh. but they're also sired by ancient aliens. Like it's this. Oh, it's a mashup oh of like God. two it's, really good it's a, ones. It's a grab like, bag. Where lizard people plus where are the devil? Yes, yes, exactly. Mm. And maybe the lizards Ooh, I could are. Sink yeah. my teeth oh, into it, this it is. Uh, it is broad and wide. And the best part about it is that. It's broad enough to incorporate any new information into the conspiracy. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was this one it's website. It's plug and play, well, Looney Tunes. Yeah, it, it is. It's really quite amazing. And it's funny. It's like some old ones kind of fell out of fashion. Like people used to think the Freemasons were up to some stuff. And, <laughs> and that it was like. And like Do uh, you know who the odd fellows are? Louie and I were wondering yeah, about this. It's just this like week. a fraternal organization. It is, right? Yeah, because like I was Elks. like, that's like the best name ever. I, know. I was like. Like, I, I, I want to become an odd fellow. And then I was like, I should probably find out who the odd fellows are before. And, and, and maybe that. they don't even allow odd fellowesses. What would it? There's odd, no maidens? Odd no, that's gross. Oh, odd yeah. dames, I guess, probably. <laughs> odd dames. Yes, they're <laughs> pretty much summarized me in a nutshell. But, yeah, so, so the the... It, it, and it's like this all-encompassing internet conspiracy that, the, the again, the beauty of it is that all this new information has shown up. So now it's like, oh, that weird bloop noise that a microphone picked up once deep in the ocean in 1980 and we don't know what it was yet? Like, obviously, it's from Atlantis, which was founded by the lizards who then had the Satan babies who now rule us all. Dahoy! Like, you, like you, can, you can just bring it all together. It's, it's like a, a, a big glue trap of conspiracy. So I enjoy that one because it allows people to do some pretty impressive, like, mental gymnastics. I like how uh, there's also <laughs> – and to, to make it clear to the listeners, I don't believe this. I just find it very intellectually stimulating and amusing to read about it. Well, the thing I like about conspiracy theories, and people make fun of me all the time, right? But I'm just curious, and I think anyone who's into, once again, their language are calling these conspiracy theories. I think, you know, a lot of people can call them alternate theories. I mean, one that I've always been fascinated in since I moved to New Hampshire is Lyme disease, right? Mm, Yeah. So Lyme is uh, a, a... vector disease you get from a tick from Lyme, uh, Connecticut, from Lyme, Connecticut, <laughs> which uh, was right off the the uh, the island. It's not three mile. It's the other one. Jefferson. No. Um, anyway, there's an island and uh, there was a biochemical government slab there. Okay. And um, 
then Lyme disease just like started and all these people started getting sick. It's a really hard disease to nail down mm -hmm. in terms of looking at symptoms and saying, oh, these things make sense, right? Some people have uh, brain and memory issues. Uh, some people have nerve issues, um, bad headaches, bad sleep, like all this stuff. Well, right? and, and some would argue that Lyme is being blamed for several undiagnosed, unknown illnesses in the same zone of like, you know, people who MS have chron chronic or, fatigue yeah. and yeah, lots like, of chronic sort yeah. of and and un so unexplicable be... where we don't just don't know yet, right? right. Yeah, and so with Lyme, I mean, for years, I would tell my friends around the campfire, you know, like kind of late night bonfire stories. I'm like, ah, I think there's something suspicious here. But very recently, I believe Congress has actually instructed the military to uh, let us know whether they did accidentally yeah. unleash a bioweapon on the unsuspecting people I mean, of Lyme, Connecticut. And now have, here we I are. My, if you could see my face, it is... <laughs> Very suspicious. He's got a very suspicious uh, face. Congress, I will confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> Congress does a lot of stupid things, and I don't know. It's I, we'll we'll see. I have a very low. Well, but the thing is, it's not possibility. that. I mean, so to me, it almost seems way more plausible than some of the shenanigans that they try and convince us of. The, where they're like, I mean, we know MK Ultra is right. a real thing, right? Well, that's, so that's right. Where if we're, they gave if we're all the do... poor guys acid, we know that there were forced sterilizations, right. and that that yeah. Really if we're gonna do, if we're gonna do greatest and... hits, I mean, that's not a conspiracy. That's that's just simple truth. They uh, in Virginia and in Maryland and in a number of states. I mean, it started in the twenties because in the twenties eugenics was a really popular idea among uh, the intellectual class and. You know, it wasn't just in Germany; it was worldwide, and everybody oh, it's was like, "Mostly, it started <clears throat> in America." Yeah, and everybody was like, "Oh, oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Bad idea!" It turns out, uh, and then they, you know, moved quickly to act like they had never believed in it. Um, but yeah, they made a policy to sterilize uh, what they deemed mentally deficient women, which could be anything from, you know, somebody with a odd day, right? A, a, <laughs> right, right. Like it could be a mental illness or some kind of uh, like developmental uh, developmental disability, or it could be your husband says she's nuts. You gotta get stare, you know. So, it like it, that was pretty bad. That was real. Uh, around the same time, uh, the U.S. government uh, did the Tuskegee experiments, where they uh, infected people with syphilis, black people, uh, and then uh, instead of treating, or wait, they they started off just not treating them and saying they were treating them, and then they actually infected people with syphilis to um, study the effect on the communities those people lived in and see, you know, how quickly the disease would spread. Uh, that's a real thing that happened. That's pretty messed up. Uh, there's, uh, I mean, if we could jump forward a couple of years, again, a lot of the hard thing is a lot of these things aren't particularly well documented because they were shady as hell to begin with. But yeah, uh, and I was shocked. I just learned that last week that since 19, I believe 73, everything that is done by the CIA is now classified yes. and none of that information comes. Everything yeah. is classified. So literally since 1973, when we figured out that they were doing MK ultra and some right. shady, shady, and shady bluebird and all that. And, so yeah, yeah we, we can talk about that a little bit. So the, um, so MK ultra was basically, uh, their mind control experiment project. Um, they had a whole bunch of different things that they wanted to try from, you know, sensory deprivation, environmental stimuli, uh, drugs, not just acid, but amphetamines, marijuana. Um, what they would do is they would get people uh, who were Johns for prostitutes uh, and they would set up basically like a fake brothel. They would get people to come in. They would dose them without their knowledge and then observe them. And, uh, um, you know, for listeners who possibly are not familiar with acid, it's probably not the kind of thing you want to take when you don't know you're taking it. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> there's a there's one of my favorite... I would define that as torture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, drugging somebody without their knowledge is 100 uh, percent torture uh, or, you know, it, it's it's a crime for sure. Uh, that I was just going to say one of my favorite authors, Robert Anton Wilson, has this uh joke in one of his lectures where he talks about how uh, this is why you have to do drugs so that when somebody tries to use them to control your mind, you'll be like, oh, I'm on acid. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> you never get blindsided. <laughs> Wait, 
right, I know this feeling. <laughs> so that guy's not God. What is he talking about? Um, but, uh, no, so I mean, I, we're we're joking, but it is it is pretty serious. And there, were, there this was a a massive report in 1972 or 73 uh, that Congress put together. Uh, you can read all of the contents of it with some redactions, but basically, it was the CIA engaging in large scale experimentation on innocent U.S. Uh, citizens, and you know. Uh, it happened. Like, there's no question about it. Um, and then you can go back to a bunch of other things, like, for example, people that have said, you know, uh, the FBI is surveilling them and people don't take them seriously. And then, oh, you oh, must be so paranoid. Oh. Well, and well, then Ernest we remember Hemingway how... was the most uh, recent example I saw. I guess the FBI had like a 12, 15 page file on Ernest Hemingway. And oh, the, for sure. I mean, he was a red commie bastard. Yeah. In the uh, in the last half of his life, he would constantly tell people that he was being surveilled and followed, and they were like, "He's going nuts." And yeah, no, they were surveilling and, and following and, him. And what is that Martin saying? Luther King, it's, same thing. You know, it's not paranoia. If, if you think they're out to get you, and they're really out to get you, yeah. it's not paranoia. <laughs> but, and, uh, and just think about you know how far we've come. That's fifty, sixty years ago. Right. Well, and now you don't need an agent to tail somebody. Imagine, imagine if they were spying. You know, if they were spying on Hemingway, who was pretty much letting the world publicly know where he stood on stuff. So, like, right. why do you need to spy on someone who's already like, well, I think we should smash you, or I believe this, <laughs> or whatever? It's like, why are you wasting resources on that? You know, yeah. you could just take them at their face value. Yeah. Um, and so you can only imagine what is happening now. I mean, something like uh, the the leaks that. Edward Snowden, Assange, and like all those people, you know, it's not getting the attention it deserves. It's kind of been thrown either in a conspiracy theory, i.e. Right. disregard bucket, or just literally disregarded because there's so much competing information out there. Yeah. No, I, I know. And that, so uh, I feel like it's kind of funny. We're like 20 minutes in here on our conspiracy theory show. We've we've just talked a bunch about things that the government has actually done. <laughs> um, but... Uh, well, well, you see, Brink, that was my uh, intention for possibly new listeners as more people come on board. I think it's really important to realize that that we're in a unique situation of actually being experts on a lot of government malfeasance, right? Yeah. Because I feel like I wasn't instinctively, I would say I've always been a rebel, but I'm not instinctively someone who's anti-authority, right? Mm. Like, I'm like, hey, you know, I just need to be convinced about things. Mm. And as a curious person, that'll lead you down some rabbit holes, right? So the more and more I learned, I was like, ah, the government's not that bad. Right. And then it's like, Oh my oh. God, they really did that. And then it's like, oh, but they're not that bad. Oh no, wait, they they did that too. Yeah. And I mean, something like foreign policy. I mean, we are in a ton of wars and conflict where people are being murdered and killed, including little innocent kiddos yeah. that like have no reason to be in the struggle based on lies. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh... I mean, and that's that's a whole conspiracy theory of its own. We, we went to war with Iraq with no proof that they had anything to do with 9-11. And everybody thought that they had something to do with 9-11. And everyone played ball, and we're still the media. At war in Afghanistan, and we still have troops in Iraq. It's, uh, I mean, it's and, and, and where is the media? I mean, you know, here you and I are like yeah. doing our podcast and talking about stuff. You know what was another one that really shocked me where I was like, oh, damn, that's true, too? What? Uh, Philadelphia and the move. Oh, the move. Yeah, the bombing. Yeah. yeah, where where uh, the great documentary make it, uh, let it burn, where yeah. you know they they knew that it was going to go up in flames, and and the the state government there was like, yep, we should let it burn. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that was a whole kind of wild scenario there too. I mean, it's and so many of these things are complicated. So that's the. I mean, the other thing I want to talk about is like interesting ways that these bizarre. Uh, so I, I think that conspiracy theories, like uh, to to finish defining the term the, from the sentence that I started 15 minutes ago. Um, I think that it's it, like part of it is it's a comprehensive worldview um, that or, or a comprehensive, it's like a mode of thinking that uh, is pattern seeking on overdrive. So you look to make connections between disparate events. And I see conspiratorial thinking all the time, like, for example, on Facebook, uh, particularly with like, you know, well, with both sides, but it's more with Donald Trump because he's a single target. But where it's like, it turns out Donald Trump's son one time did a deal with this guy 
whose uncle is the chairman of Russian Petroleum, who would have guessed? You know, and it's like, well, I'm supposed, well, I'm supposed, yeah, <laughs> I'm supposed to think that because of that, like, oh, because Trump, Russia, that's connected. Um, but like, you have to be. But in- like the whole Trump Russia thing is made up. Well, but but you have to be sitting if you're sitting in like that worldview chair if you have those glasses on and you see that ah, further confirmation you know what I mean so it's it's and it's the same thing I mean on on the right it's the stuff where it's like did you know that Bill Clinton one time had a pizza party with George Soros and George Soros is a communist Nazi so mm, and it's like yes Bill Clinton is a commie Nazi too I knew it all along you see but like, I I I'm, you know maybe I'm looking at this through blinders. But I don't think those two things are necessarily comparable. I almost feel like like someone will throw down something ridiculous, and then uh, let's say when, when it was Trump Clinton, a lot of my lefty friends were like, "Clinton, she's great. You should vote for her." And I was like, "Oh my God, have you looked at this, this, this? Right. You know, like starting with you know, I don't know, fraud, nonprofits not actually giving money, no one helping anyone, like all kinds of like really shady, shady stuff, right?" Yeah. And, uh, like, documented. I mean, there was Benghazi. There were the secret servers. There were the, uh, you know, uh, servers. There was something with the secret service, Both. too. But, you know, n- not to. <laughs> right. There's all so, kinds of things to look into. Right. But where it's like, well, these are factual. So I guess we're maybe back to that part where yeah. I feel like, okay, independently, I don't think anyone's saying there wasn't a server. Uh, she certainly said there wasn't any classified information that was shared. Then right. the FBI was like, well, yeah, except these 3,000 emails over here, right? Yeah. So I feel like on the one hand, there's all this like like weird collusion, like made up stuff, right? And it's and, and like the media and everyone sort of directed and pushing that narrative, like actively pushing the Russia collusion and yeah. narrative. But really, no one's covering this other side and going, but actually, factually, these things did happen. I mean, I'm like, why isn't there, know, if I we have a 9-11 report and we have a, whatever, this Russia thing, why don't we have a, like, a Clinton report yet? I don't know, because I don't know if, I, I don't know if, I don't know if she actually, I, like, the what. No, we could what do the both of them. outcome oh. of some of these things. Anyway, I think that the, anyway, Hillary, Hillary Clinton is, like, a whole separate issue. The Clintons seem to, like. Generate all right. Let's conspiracy. talk about Epstein because that sort of falls in the realm of yeah. Conspiracy, well, and it, right? and it totally falls in the realm of the Alex Jones uh, global lizard elite pedophile Satanists. Because yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, <laughs> because that was like his whole pitch was like all these powerful people secretly get together and eat babies. Why do they have to be aliens too? Like, I feel like that's just a stretch. It's because they're far. it's it's because they're not human. You know what I mean? It it makes it it. I think the purpose. Oh, it of that, just makes it more plausible to people you're trying to convince. Yeah, of this well, very and more, more evil, like oh, more. You know what I mean? Like okay. it makes them more arch. Like, so, so alien the, more evil than devil? I I did not know. Well, they're that both. That I mean, they're so that's okay. So, so they're Alex, alien devils. With Alex Jones, <laughs> devil they're, alien. they're metaphysical, extra dimensional beings, which is. I mean, so this is, if you watch the Joe Rogan thing with him, he, he goes off on this, and it was funny, because everybody's like, he's not making any sense. I'm like, oh, no, I get what he's saying. It's crazy, but I get what he's saying. Which is... <laughs> Brinks on, like, hey, I speak Alex Jones. No, I do. Seriously, seriously, people, I, I, I just speak Alex Jones a little bit. I, sometimes I, I talk about the satanic New World Order pedophiles that are literally eating babies. These goblins are <laughs> gobbling them up down in Capitol Hill, and I'm not going to stand for it. Uh, so that's my Alex Jones impression. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm impressed. Well, my friend uh, Eric Jackman does a much better one. <laughs> I learned from him. And he can do Jesse Ventura, too. Oh, that's but, fun. <laughs> no, but yeah, so, so what Alex Jones would say is that, you know, think about, like, what is, what is a god? What is god? It would be like a like a being that we can't understand or communicate with or comprehend with our limited four-dimensional uh, brains and sensory apparatus. So it would just mean that if it would, it would be beings or entities that exist in a different realm of space-time than us. Do you think, so like, if you had the entire verse and, like, all of space-time available to you, like, do you think your thing would really be banging Mess babies? around with people on Earth. <laughs> Probably. I don't yeah, know. Really? I mean, you got to start somewhere. Maybe <laughs> maybe we got the, the teenager lizard Satan gods. 
that are just, they're not mature. Earth is like a <laughs> Exactly, yes. Uh, yes, all, all of the, the nth dimensional beings are actually Amish. And they're all on their spring break. <laughs> and they're oh, like, let's, let's go, go to, to Earth, Earth and mess with some humans. <laughs> We have cracked the codes, ladies and gentlemen. We have figured it out. Somebody call CNN. <laughs> We've got a story. We could probably PR the shit out of this. Oh my theory. god! I mean, oh. it's so it's it's very silly. But no, but the thing is, like, and this it fits into another um, sort of issue that I think is worth talking about, maybe on a separate show. But um, there has been, you know, a large scale uh, recession of. Religion, like there's lots, fewer and fewer people are engaged in religious communities, religious activity, except with some demographics. Apparently, there's like a big uptick in millennials going to church and stuff like that. Yeah, and I um, wonder, like I, I, I approach that almost from like a mindfulness sort mm-hmm. of perspective. I do feel like there's a mashing or a meshing that's happening where people aren't necessarily putting the values and the principles in terms of God and religion, mm-hmm. but they are embracing and internalizing like being a decent human being. Because I think when there was a rejection of religion for a lot of people, people just kind of became dirtbags too. And so I feel like there maybe is a resurgence towards a movement of people being like, hey, actually kindness and compassion and decency and those things are important. And if you're not learning that from your church or your church community or your family, hopefully someone's going to teach it to you because it's important. And also that there's, I think that there's like the... um, there's there's a lot of cultural usefulness to being part of a religious community, like not not just from the personal satisfaction that you get from participating in religious experience, but it's a community of people that can be resources to one another, that can support one another, that you know you can meet friends there. You can, I think there's all kinds of benefits that that people were like, oh, we were miss like ha- having to go to church on Sunday felt like such a chore. But, oh, yeah, like, we were friends with all the kids in the youth group and our parents' friends yeah, were all, you know what I mean? Yeah, a sense of community. I mean, I see it whenever I go and visit my sister. She's very religious, and they're very involved in their church. And it's wonderful to see in the same way that we have our sort of porcupine community here and people, mm-hmm. you know, have their potlucks and whatever. And yeah. I think there's something to be said for the ritualism of doing something on a weekly basis or a monthly basis yeah. or something as well. Like we know with that racist concept of time <laughs> that, you know, these are the things that actually help to form healthy habits. And right. when something becomes a healthy habit, it's not a pain in the butt to do. It just becomes very seamless. And that seamlessness actually liberates your mind to be able to think about big ideas and to not just be caught up in, like, Yeah, nonsense. the right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so even with those strands, you know, there's there seems to be some resurgence. There's still a big chunk of the population that's, like, <laughs> the voting and talking population uh, that has abandoned See, not to be religion. the writing population. I yeah, mean, I apparently, we, I, 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 sorry to interrupt you, That's but I, like I saw a thing where it was a game show for people who identify emoticons. Like, like sort of like, is Jeopardy the one where they have the words and then you kind of fill in the blanks? That's Wheel of Fortune, yeah. Okay, well, okay, yeah, whatever, right? Okay, Wheel of Fortune. I didn't grow up here. I don't no, know no, these things. Um, so it's like that. So it's kind of like it'll be different emoticons with, like, blanks, and then there's a clue, and then people yell the answers. I don't know. I saw, like, a hot second of it. That and sounds I, really stupid. And I didn't understand any of it because I didn't really understand the emoticons or the clues did or it, anything. It was clearly for, for not odd dames and much younger did demographic. Did it feel like a clip from Idiocracy? It, it, it really did, but then I was like, oh my god, we, we, we've gone back to hieroglyphics. Like, yeah. people are reading pictures because people can't read words anymore, and if you can't read words, you can't be enlightened. Yeah, well, that's what, I mean, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's likely to be true. <laughs> that you can't be enlightened? Yeah, I mean, you need to be, you can hear stuff. I mean, if you're blind, you can still be enlightened. Um you just get books on tape. Right, but. right, right. But I, 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 yeah, okay. I mean, you're, Sorry. you're taking it very literally, what I mean by reading. I was, I know. <laughs> I mean, arguably, Braille is pictures. Yes. You know, so. No, no, well, but yeah, and that's, uh, John McWhorter, one of his things is that English is moving from uh, having been, you know, it, it was a it was a spoken language for many, many years. For a brief time, 
you know, historically it got codified as a mostly written language, and now it's going back to its origins as a spoken language. Which, and, yeah. which I mean, it can be kind of cool too. I mean, I think in some ways we, as as society, as as the world, have run into the problem of we've written everything down, and so some of the institutions, something like a religious institution. Um, you know, once you sort of figure out, you know, what the Catholic Church has done, you know, and there have been bad things and good things and, you know, like all yeah. of that, right? So once we become more knowledgeable and we look at stuff, then we have a tendency as human beings to sort of reject the entire, like we, we literally throw the baby out with a, the bathwater instead right. of going, well, these let's people the were dirtbags, <laughs> but let's keep the good stuff or yeah. let's, you know, like we haven't quite as humans found that balance yet to go, oh, wait, maybe these institutions or maybe what the Constitution said had some good ideas, even if, yes, when they wrote it, there were slave owners, you know, it's like, but OK, we figured it out and now we're going to bring them all together. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with the uh, the written word, it's created this huge volume of people's thoughts, some of which are true, some of which are false, some of which are good, some of which are bad. Um, and yeah, I can understand uh, why people that are radicals would be like, this whole tradition should just be thrown away uh, because it's produced all this oppression and you know pain and sadness. And we can read all about it in all these books. So like, obviously, it's wrong. Um, but to wrap back around to what I was originally talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theories, somewhere. Epstein, lizard people, aliens, which part? Yeah, uh, religion, actually. Ah. <laughs> no, so the point being, people people have been withdrawing from religion more generally as, as a mode of thought. Um, and I think that there is this human impulse to think religiously, to think in terms of you know, if I do X, the corn is going to grow well this year because it, you know, satiates these gods. If I don't, uh, you know, we're all going to have famine. And it's like it's this deep ingrained uh, part of humanity. And part of it, too, is actually I think uh, there was this uh, essay that I read about sort of how culture is transmitted down and how uh, that's the great advantage. It's not tools uh, that differentiates humans from everything else it's culture and the idea that we can pass on these complex lessons uh to future generations so they can know how to do things and you can lose stuff like for example i think that we talked about this on, on an earlier show but uh like roman concrete that how to make roman concrete that technology was lost for a thousand years and we're just now figuring out exactly uh, how they built these structures. It's amazing so what long. a sand shortage will do for human invention, right? right? <laughs> Suddenly people are like, oh, wait, we're running out of stuff. We yeah. got to figure out some hacks here, folks. Yeah. So so anyway, so people, I think that sort of hard-coded into the way that we operate um, is this respect for tradition and a desire for a totalizing worldview that explains why you should and shouldn't do things. Um, because a lot of times it's like making decisions for why you shouldn't, shouldn't do things. It's really hard to do, especially if you have, if you're trying to evaluate based on, you know, merit of the choices from your own point of view, it's a lot easier if you know, these are my rules. Uh, and like, and the reason that if I, like the reason I will not make this choice is because if I don't, I'll be punished by the omnipotent forces of the universe um, like it's a great way to close off bad avenues of behavior and stuff like that, you know, uh, if that sticks. Right. Um, so, and in some ways, possibly we would have needed less words on paper in terms of how much government sort of grows and all the regulations and stuff. That's almost the secular version, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh no, now we have to write all these nuanced, nuanced, nuanced things down, right? Like, I'm like, it's 20, it's almost 2020, right? It's 2019. I think in New Hampshire, they passed like 493 new bills yeah. got passed this session. Like, I'm like, what possibly in 2019 can <laughs> we actually be writing down that materially like, like really matters to Anything that should matter to all of us, globe, you know, I mean, yeah. nationally, I guess, right? Where it's just like, or statewide, it's just, it's like, aren't, aren't we past that stage? Can't we just agree on maybe like top ten things people <laughs> shouldn't do? Just make constitutions a BuzzFeed list. <laughs> yes. Which emoji is your right to be secure in your possessions from unreasonable search and seizure? Thumbs up. <laughs> 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 but 
But anyway, so with with the conspiracy theory mindset, I think that it seeks to, uh, like so many things, explain the unexplained or unexplainable, the things that are out of your control, um, the things that you have no influence over uh, and feel as though you can never have an influence over. Like, for example, if you're somebody who feels powerless and one explanation for why you are powerless is in a, you know, complex global socioeconomic marketplace, uh, you need to attain certain skills if you're going to uh, earn more, you know, than the median income in your region or demographic, you know, blah, blah, like you, you can come up with a good reason for why you're powerless uh, based on evidence, or you could come up with a reason that the satanic Illuminati lizard forces are ruling from above and they're keeping all the good people like me down. And not only that, but they don't, these other people like me don't even know. They don't even know how oppressed they are by the satanic Illuminati reptiles. Well, well, actually, you raise an interesting issue. So maybe let's, let's think about this a little bit. So when conspiracy theories came out, right, they were often alternate theories that actually many times it turns out were quite truthful, right? So yeah. so it started as this thing where it was like, well, the government did one thing, lied to people. People said, you're lying to us. People said, the government said, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. We must disregard your information. Right. But from there, it has actually evolved to, you know, where we're in a situation where you brought up Alex Jones earlier. Mm. Suddenly, Sandy Hook is a... Uh, you know, it's a hoax and right, this yeah. didn't happen. Never and I'm happened. like, okay, that's like it's so many stretches too far for me. But then I actually had friends who watched that documentary who afterwards were like, we were way more convinced than we thought. We thought we were watching it for a lark. And then we were like, what? And I was like, okay, I didn't watch it. Apparently yeah. got pulled and scraped off the internet. It's impossible to find. I couldn't mm. find it. If someone finds it, put it in, you know, the comment section. And I... And I'm like, okay, so what is the value of that stretch too far? So you're saying it's to replace people's desire to explain the inexplicable and to also uh, explain why they're powerless. Yeah, and in some ways, like, adopting, like, the more outlandish the incarnations of that belief, the more you show that you believe it by believing in them. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't even, I don't just think we live in a hologram. I think that the government orchestrated a fake hologram attack that never (laughs) happened. You know what I, like, it's like you're you're showing how all in you are. So so I guess, I mean, just to follow my thread through, so someone (laughs) with like Alex Jones, then it's just to provide entertainment value and to somehow make money off it with advertising. I mean, what is this sort of... Right, because we could say historically it started as this is a way to just lie to the public about shady right. shit, right? But now it's gone all the way. So now we live in this sort of right. or people who dome, are, or people who are flat par- earth dome where <laughs> you know where we're in post truth right. and like like I'm just like, what's the end game here? Should we just be more entertaining, make more shit up ourselves? Well, I mean, I think that that's the. I, I, the, 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 there's obviously no solution to any of these things. I think some of it's just baked into us all being human. Um, some of us are going but to... But maybe it is the back to campfire bonfire stories, right? Yeah. So it is that idea of being entertained. Well, right. I mean, it's who like tall, doesn't it's love tall a good tales. alien like lizard a, yeah, a story? Ripping, a ripping yarn of uh, <laughs> Planet Nibiru. But super- I would rather have those stories, right, where it's actually just on the face of it generally ridiculously deliciously absurd than have it be the ones where they're like we don't know why the cameras didn't work outside Epstein's uh, (laughs) prison cell on the night in question where he hung himself with a paper uh, sheet but snapped his neck in a way that looks suspiciously (laughs) like the way someone's neck might be snapped if there was someone who was on the clock that night who was not a prison employee and who also yeah. was not paid but who happened to be there that sounds like All a of uh, that, you conspiracy know, of coincidences right <laughs> an epidemic of coincidences i don't know i i don't know i mean I, and some of these things too it's like uh you have to figure out what the value of holding the belief is you know i don't so it's i i don't think i don't think the solution is for people to come up with more entertaining sets of stories necessarily because the like we can't we can't fix the human need to to view the world as a cohesive narrative structure where things make sense 
You know what I mean? Like that's that's a pretty basic thing. But I think that we can teach people to be uh, observant of their own mental shortcomings. Not not like personal, but like as a human, observant of the places where bad cognition is likely likely to happen and then try to overcome that and not like observe when you're thinking poorly and realize it like that's and it takes probably a lot of training but like that's i think that's the solution is teaching more people how to think about thinking so that they can realize when they're making basic errors and then i know i've said this before i'm going to keep saying it because i had so many epiphanies on figuring out how my brain works is when you hear like your own thoughts pay attention to that because it's really interesting once you start to do that i highly recommend people do that but i want to say a few things with regard to like the religion side of things i mean the bible is filled with tall tales, yeah. right? And just these sort of beautiful stories that are supposed to be allegorical or have some kind of point to them so that it's like, oh, here's a lesson, right? Shakespeare, I mean, all of the Western canon pretty much is kind of tried to yeah. fill with, you know, and I think where we lost sight of things, and this goes back to like the devil people, right, is... No one's, no, no, no one's <laughs> going, well, these are the good things and these are the cautionary tales and these are whatever, right? right. Like if, uh, I, I forget if this episode aired, but I know we talked about this, was um, where they, uh, the, the, like uh, Breaking Bad, right? Where there's this character right. and he's doing something bad for the right reasons. But by the end of it, he's just like murdering people willy-nilly yeah, and all of right. that, right? So we could say that's sort of like a Shakespearean story and i'm like but do kids who are watching that today do they know that's like a bad guy and you're not supposed to be like the dude from breaking bad right or are they like uh-huh okay you know that's my backup plan if uh, you know if, if my ivy league college doesn't work out <laughs> you, you know what i mean right like, like I, I, is anybody getting the background information necessary to enjoy complex stories and in, in the way no, that but is anyone, <laughs> not even the background information are people getting the message like there are better and more decent ways to live like oh, are we yeah, even by... allowed to say that anymore right. like i don't even know what's like pc but i get the impression that you know you're not supposed to say well here are aspirational ways to be a better human well, being well i mean i think that's the conflict of like uh you know the great liberal experiment from like john stuart mill and all of the enlightenment thinkers is that the challenge is that uh like traditional philosophy was telling people how to live well, you know, how to live a good life. And suddenly it became let people choose how to live a good life. And we're talking about the structures that allow people to interact with one another. So, like, the idea of liberalism and toleration is that nobody is allowed to claim a monopoly on how to live a good life except for by doing it and showing rather than telling, I guess, you know, sure, like, and, and you we've can't, like you're not allowed to make, so I guess it's like, uh, but because government is now so big and they are telling right. us how to live our lives right. and, and that is and what's creating the laws, all the yeah. tension between, you know, these, these factions and, uh, you know, we could put, we could say they're the devils on this side and the lizard <laughs> people on that side, right. you know, or whatever, right? Like it's just crab it's, people it's versus just a lizard whole bunch people. of tribes who are, who are, you know, unhappy about something. But the point is, everyone's unhappy about something now because right. we've created with the with how big government is, we've actually created a culture of resentment, right? And I was telling you yeah. that I drove by a place the other day. And, you know, it's a it's a recovery center place and they broke down a really nice building old on the river. Like I like that building. So I was a little butthurt when it went down and this other place went up. Right. And so this looks kind of like a motel, like, you know, they're one story and their fronts and stuff. So I was driving by there and I see there's a guy. He's got a barbecue. He's got a bunch of chairs and he's out there. And I was like, I got all mad. And I was like, I'm paying for your (laughs) motel, blah, 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 blah. You know, and. And then I had to actually stop and stop myself and go, this is awful. This is what happens when government's too big, right? It creates this resentment because money is being spent on things you aren't happy about, right? So it's like, why can't we just do those as private people? So I had to stop and I had to tell myself, I should be happy 
that that guy is getting his life together enough to have friends again, to actually yeah. think about sitting outside in the sunlight and having a laugh with someone. Because as you know, both of us work in, in um, drug reform and criminal justice reform. There's the That's rat... what you need to yeah. not be addicted to drugs. Right? So yeah. it's what, what it's called the rat park theory, yeah, right? right? Where the rat, you know, is in the cage and they give it, uh, was it cocaine, I think, right? And the rat just does all yeah, the cocaine. Yeah, it was cocaine or methamphetamine. Yeah, because they're like two, yeah. totally isolated and it's on its own. But then when they reintroduce the rat back into a cage where it's with its buddies and it's hanging out and it can socialize... It doesn't do the drugs. And so when we're looking at these kinds of issues, we have to also remember that with that resentment culture is how they win because now we're continuing to spend money on things, right? Because yeah. they're pitting the tribes against each other. Um, I have no idea how we got to the government, but I did want to mention that because I think we that... We always get to the government, Carla. I, 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 <laughs> it's we, unavoidable. We started with the government, we ended with the government. The government's got a finger <laughs> in every friggin' pie, right? But I did want to mention it because I'm trying to be very mindful about like being a decent human being. Yeah. And I hope, you know, to encourage other people to be like that too. But I do want to remind listeners that part of that at a minimum for me is just you can't be a decent human being when you're taking someone else's money and spending it in ways that they don't like. Yeah, that's, uh, it's hard. I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm going to end every week with that until everyone goes, you know what, that, that, that Carla. redistributive systems are you know, abolished. Until, right? I mean, it really is because back to the sort of idea of, you know, the role of churches and all of that is as the state grew and as these other institutions have been sort of uh, pushed down, I mean, I think yeah. to some extent academia is probably having its final Hurrah! Possibly. I mean, I don't know. It was really uh, there's a uh, there's a philosopher named Michael Humer who uh, I think I'm saying his name right, who just wrote an article about this called like it's called something like school is a giant scam, <laughs> and, and he's like sometimes I feel like me and all of my fellow academics are like con men running three card Monty games, and for some reason nobody knows that we're cheating them. <laughs> And they're oh, going to figure know. it out. And, and, yeah, and he's like, and they're going to figure it out at any moment. Because, no, he's like, the, the idea is that we're supposed to be providing these uh, services. Uh, and it's, if I remember correctly, it's like to, uh, to educate children on stuff that's useful for life after college and help them, you know, succeed at uh, challenging jobs. And then also to provide them with, like, prestige and... Uh, you know, a network to carry on to the professional world and all that stuff. And he's like, for most of us, like, we don't do those things. We do entirely different things, but people don't notice. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. Oh, that, well, yeah. well, I think, you know, the fact that people read by emoticons and that you have to actually do, like, uh, post-college, uh, like, college, between college and high school, like, people can't read anymore. Right. I think people are starting to notice the shell game. And actually, one yeah. thing that I thought was interesting is that um, – you know how people talk about our schools are set up for sort of the Prussian model to create the good worker yeah. and sort of the obedience track? And it occurred to me last week, I was like, okay, so we have this school model and people are not, I mean, it doesn't matter how much people like us yell and we're like, it's not working. We got to try <laughs> right. some other things. I don't know, maybe basics like reading and writing and then we can make people feel <laughs> good about themselves, you know, uh, or they could go read a book that can make them feel good exactly. about themselves. Um, so we're training people with this, but then also where work is moving towards is post uh, is full automation. It's yeah. not the worker bee person, right? Yeah. So not only do we have the challenges, well, I mean, it hasn't we kind of see. Thirty years. No, yeah. I understand, but suddenly I was like, oh no! I mean, this is almost worse than I. I mean, yeah. you know, I think it's pretty bad as it is, but I was like, this is a real problem because now we're actually making like angry worker bees, <laughs> right? Because Who have no hive to go to. Right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot to plug in there. Man, I, and I think part of it, too, I'm, and part of the rise in conspiratorial thinking, too, is that, and this is going to sound so, like, chauvinistic, but in, in like, the, in the, in the biggest picture sense of the word. No, but there was, uh, there there used to he be... He wanted to say a woman will just believe anything. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Maybe maybe only I think this is chauvinistic. But there there, there was a, 
um, for the longest time, for not the longest time, for a long time, there was like a, a canon of literature that all educated people were expected to have read and understood. Right. And not like that kind of prescriptive thing is a good thing, but it gave people like a, a common cultural currency and like set of illusions and metaphors and like complex images that could compress uh, concepts, you know, complex verbal images that can compress concepts into a story um, that are really useful. Like well, they're, well, they're useful for discourse, like right. to, to say, you know, you've crossed, you've crossed the Rubicon. I know that that's Roman history, but you would have read Caesar. So right. you know what crossing the Rubicon yep. means. And just, you know, uh, for someone to see the writing on the wall, but, you and, know, and to here's, here's another <laughs> all that thing. kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's, uh, I guess like when I was reading all those classics and all of my entire education, like I never one time was like. Why aren't there any books about chicks? Because, like, the first, I mean, you know. Why don't these protagonists look like me? Well, yeah, but the first time, like, I think maybe it did occur to me at some stage, and I asked someone, and they were like, oh, whenever you read, like, the dude character, just, like, write yourself into that character, right? So, like, I was never, like, chairperson, chairwoman, chairman. I was like, you know, you're the the person. You're (laughs) just doing your stuff. It doesn't matter what it's called, right, because you own it from your internal self. And so I find it puzzling, quite frankly, because I feel like it's one of those feeding into victimhood things where it's like, there are no stories about me, but I'm like, who cares? Like, isn't it more empowering to be like, I am George Washington? And well, and the other thing, though, that I think that it's like kind of myopic about the, and again, with like the tossing out the baby with the bathwater thing, too, is that instead of like, there shouldn't be a canon that all educated people are familiar with, like, don't get rid of it, expand it. Like, add the Bhagavad Gita, add, you know, Gilgamesh, add all of these other great stories from great traditions. Read the Tao Te Ching or, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's all of these other things that you could expand the expected base of uh, educated person's knowledge to um, that would continue to deliver culture-wide illusions and culture, culture-wide uh, communicability of big ideas. Um and that's got, I mean, I feel like that's, again, in terms of the conspiracy stuff, when you don't have good stories to refer to and the biggest conflicts you know of are like, oh, Cheney and Halliburton. And, and they're your, you know, that's that's the worst uh, of that's villain of a story that you either. can think about. I know. Like, it's all also factually well, I mean, pretty it's, solid. I think that it's all is the, the part that would need to be explicated. <laughs> sure, sure. I will put a big asterisk. <laughs> Dick Cheney was that. involved with the Halliburton company. That's true. Uh, all of the like, we went to war for oil thing is. Oh, no, I'm more eh. talking about the uh, how can we repackage Agent Orange into something oh. and let's go put that, I don't know, in yeah, people's yeah, yeah. water supply and then maybe like take this <laughs> other thing and make that like, I don't know, we'll put them in little packets and tell people to throw it in their coffee. And oh, aspartamine <laughs> happens to eat holes in your brain. Wait, what? That has nothing to do with Halberton. Has to do with Dick Cheney. Go look it up. What is he on the board of Monsanto? The hey, other most evilest. Unless I'm like mixing up all my conspiracy theories, which I'm also willing to say is entirely possible. I do like. I was like, wow. I, I think I could do an entire like. I think I need to write a stand-up bit about like. I apparently know a lot about a lot of weird things. This Not is the why, devil, lizard right. people. But. No, no, there's no. And then I, th- to me, those are just the most narratively fun because they're like cosmic in scope. It's like who, a fantasy novel. Who can't novel. love that, man? Well, it's, and it's like Scientology, too. <laughs> Please well, don't come after us, Church of Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> I don't want none of that business. But, but no, they but have Netflix. They're, yeah, they're, 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 I mean, they have an amazing eschatology. They have alien spaceships hiding in volcanoes I mean, evil you know, alien souls it's like they got it all man I mean let's not get the Mormons <laughs> mad either but you know the no- Mormons uh, story origin story is also pretty like shiny spaceshipy. no there's no spaceships there's, Isn't there, there's just there's magic a... glass and magic tablets and talking Isn't there like a angel. magic spaceship that lands and it's at the end of the like the road, and that's where the tabernacle comes. I mean, I'm probably no. mixing up all my things. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I think that was like a. It might have been like a Merkaba thing. Which wasn't is there like a dude with? The, I'm pretty sure there's a dude with a spaceship and the Mormon stuff. But I, you know, I stand to be corrected. Everyone, they tell die. us in the comment section yeah. how wrong Carla is because <laughs> I'm a woman and I, you know, I I'm always wrong, so I, find, I can take it. I don't know. I find that we're we're coming up on the close time. I, I find Mormonism 
fascinating. If only because they were all religions are fascinating. I mean, they, they're the mo- like talk about religious persecution in the U.S. Like they are the most persecuted, and they've come out of it as like some of the most financially powerful and well, you know, uh, appointed people in America. Like the the American government declared war on them. Like they uh, the state of Mississippi. They were kill on sight, if you, you know. So, like, so we'll definitely. How about we will do a show on Mormonism? So bring, can, yeah. come tell me how wrong or how right I was about my <laughs> spaceship theory. <laughs> I'll I'll get back to the book of yeah. I will I will dive in and I'll I'll tell you about any spaceship references I see. But uh, man, well, thank you for joining us for this wide ranging, <laughs> loosely structured Once conversation again. about. <laughs> conspiracy theories. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll listen in next week. Thanks so much. Peace out. Bye.